0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Brittany Gardner about how she helps businesses craft content that attracts perfect match clients. Brittany is a host of the Know, Like, and Trust show podcast and creator of the BC Method. She helps online service business owners craft content that attracts perfect match clients. She translates humans and all their messy feelings into a visibility plan that makes it easy to show up consistently. She also health and wellness course creators stop being the world's best kept secret and build brand awareness so they can make a difference in more lives. Welcome Brittany.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I am excited too. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Deal with people's
1: messy feelings and stuff. Yeah, I love that you uh, picked up on the messy feelings part because it's probably my favorite part in that whole bio. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of also the story about how I came came about to it. So I started out as a photographer, a photographed weddings and family portraits and all that kind of fun stuff. And after starting our family, my husband and I, who were doing that together at the time, realized that we were never going to be around for our kids. know, weekend birthday parties or any of that stuff. And it was just kind of not the family life that we envisioned. So I moved into branding photography first, but all my clients came to me like, well, I need a headshot. And I would ask what kind or who they wanted it to talk to or what they wanted it to do. And they never had answers. So I quickly started offering brand strategy. I do have a graphic design background as well. So between The two, I had developed a pretty good brand strategy program for my clients. And then over the years, I've just kind of moved more and more into the strategy side. And now I've only done like two photo shoots in the last year. So that's kind of everything I do is related to attracting those perfect match clients. And it comes at it from that point of view. That's super cool too.
0: And really yeah. helpful for a lot
1: of people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a really good example of how most entrepreneurs don't hit their sweet spot after, until they've at least tried a few different things and we're always kind of evolving. And I know, you know, 2020 was the, the year of the quote unquote pivot, but I kind of feel like entrepreneurs have always been doing that. This is pretty normal for us, so.
0: What do you like most about the work that you're doing?
1: I think my favorite part is... When clients come to me and they know they need to be visible online, they hear about visibility, they hear about brand awareness, but these are all terms that are just really kind of philosophical or lofty or, you know, they, they they sound like that nice to have thing, not a must do thing. And when I start asking them questions, things like, well, how much time are you spending on creating content for your website or your social media or those kinds of things, and they all kind of eye roll if we're, you know, you know, in a, in a Zoom meeting with video or face to face or whatever. And they're all feeling like they are doing so much, but it's not worth it. So my my favorite part of what I do is helping them get to a place where every minute they're spending creating content for their business actually converts into dollars in their pocket. And and that's that's kind of like everything. I'm teaching people to do is is you know yes you need to create content but that content needs to earn its keep. Creating content just for the sake of creating, just for the sake of posting on social media so you can check off that box that you you know hit LinkedIn and Instagram today. Like that's that's not a good success path. It's not going to actually net clients for you and eventually you're going to burn out because that is a never-ending process and it can get very very tiresome. So I like helping People draw a direct line from the time that they do spend creating content into actual clients in their business.
0: Is there a common mistake or anything other than random posting that you see your clients? Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's actually a few different common mistakes I see. The first and biggest one is random posting. I mean, it's like People post because they feel like they have to post. And mm-hmm. I like to say that there's three different kinds of content. And, and I want to throw this caveat out there. There's actually way more than three different kinds. But but for the sake of this of this uh, episode right here, we're going to talk about the three kinds of content that people most often find themselves in and, and which one's going to be the best and which one's going to probably cause you some more problems. So the first kind of content is information- That you can easily like you the viewer the audience can easily google so you know if you're a a relationship quote it might be like you know a stat on how many relationships fail due to lack of communication or if you're like a nutritionist it might be like a little fact piece on turmeric and why it's good for your body's inflammation situation and I like to call this throwaway content, not because it's not valuable. These are, these are things people actually probably do need to know if they're in that arena and searching out information, right? Like if you're having really bad inflammatory responses, you probably should be incorporating turmeric into your diet, but it's throwaway content because it's something that one, I can easily Google, but more importantly, and especially in terms of social media, this is a little bit less true if you're doing like blog content, for example, because that's SEO friendly. But if you're doing social media content on this kind of easily Googleable, Googleable throwaway information, you're not really helping people. And the reason for that is twofold. One, if I am on your Instagram profile, and or if I'm, or not even on your profile, if I'm just you know scrolling the Instagram feed, and I see someone post about this stat on relationships dying due to communication issues. If I am not currently seeking out information about communication relationship problems, I'm going to scroll right past. If I am currently seeking out information about communicating better in a relationship, I might click through and see it. But if it's something that I can easily Google, I'll know that as the reader, as the audience viewer, whatever you want to call it, I can tell that it's basically regurgitating what someone found on Google. And that doesn't help me build trust with whoever created that post. If you want to use your content to actually build that no like and trust fact, no like and trust factor app, if you wanna use your content to gain more audience members and then in turn have them become clients, you need to do something more often than not that isn't easily Googleable. So that leads us to our next kind of content. Oh and sorry that first piece there is one more one more reason that it's not the kind of content that you want to focus on and that is that social media is not a search engine. So let's say I wasn't looking for that information on turmeric yesterday and you know a month down the road, 2 months down the road, I am. You know someone mentioned it to me and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I kind of remember scrolling past an Instagram post about that." If I wanted to find more information I don't remember who posted it, and even if I did remember who posted it, I then have to go to their profile and scroll a bunch of times, go and try and search it in their their feed, and it's it's a lot of work. And you guys, consumers are lazy. We're we're just not gonna do that. So when you have that kind of throwaway content, that easily Googleable content, if it's not helping me think differently about the problem, I'm probably just gonna kind of scroll and by. So that leads us to content type number three, the third or the the second category, excuse me. And this is going to be information that you can easily Google, but there is a lot to sift through. So an example on that one might be like how a coach should do sales calls. If I were to type that into Google right now, there would be so many results. There's tons of opinions. There's a lot of available information, but One, which one of them is right? We're going to see a lot of differing opinions out there, right? But also two, are they going in depth enough to actually help me? So for this kind of category, you can totally use this this category in your content plan. You can use this kind of stuff to Help filter in the people that you want in your audience versus the people who are not going to be served by the stuff that you're putting out there, right? So I'm not saying to avoid this category, but I am saying to limit this kind of category because again, we want stuff that's going to keep people looking at more of our stuff. And that leads us to the third category of content. And this is going to be information you cannot easily Google. So it might be a question that makes you think about something differently, it might be a method or a tool that you use to help people approach their problems differently. And this right here is the kind of content that is going to actually land you clients rather than just looky lose. And, and that is really going to be the key to making all this time you spend on your visibility actually put dollars in your pocket, is moving your audience from this, oh this is a nice person to follow into the, oh, wow, they really get me. They really know what I'm thinking. They know the problems I'm facing. I want help. And now that I want help, it's going to be from this person. And that's how I sometimes, you know, like you suddenly get an inquiry from someone you've never seen because they only just found you this week, but they went and poured through a whole bunch of your stuff. And they're like, yes, this is me. I am raising my hand. I want to hire you. Oh, dear God, I hope I can afford you. So that actually puts them into the sales category rather than just someone who might be following you just for funsies. So an example of this kind of content is actually going to be kind of meta here. Um, I'm telling you right now, I'm saying here are three kinds of content. This is the kind of content you should focus on. This is the kind of content you should not focus on. And this other one's nice to have, but don't do too much of it. So I'm getting people who are listening right now to think about their content, their visibility problem a little bit differently. Maybe they'll stop posting throwaway content as a result of hearing this. And that is exactly what we want this third category of content to do. Get our audience to think about their problem differently so that you, the person who's creating the content, become a contender for their dollars.
0: It's a great way to look at it.
1: And i like it yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's funny i think it was step number two and you're like you have to one remember who it was that posted it and then sift through all the stuff But it's, it's yeah because you go back to someone and you can't find it very easy
1: and you know this has happened to me even with people i've followed for a long time there's a company out there that makes um supplements that you can add to like smoothies or like yogurt bowls or whatever, but it's like really brightly colored, even though it's also very nutritional. So it makes it fun for your kids. Mm -hmm. And I followed them for a long time. And I remember reading, I want to say it was how something has like more magnesium than like these other three fruits and vegetables. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. And then like two weeks later, I was talking with a friend who was like, yeah, apparently I have a magnesium deficiency. And I was like, oh, you should eat more. Oh crap. I don't remember what it was. So I went to that actual person's like Instagram, it's a company, you know, like to their profile. And because all of their posts look so much alike, I it took me way too long to find it. And I found it because it was a good friend of mine. And I like that person. I'm willing to do the work for that, but you know, it took me so much time to find it. Honestly, I probably should have just Googled it at that point. Cause I could have been like, Oh, here's your list of magnesium things for, for, for food and nutrition. Right. But yeah, I think that's a perfect example, right? Like, even though I actually did remember who posted it, it took me a significant amount of time. And as humans, we just don't have that much time. You know, everything's competing for the limited time we have. So if something's not easy, we're often not going to do it. The only reason I did it is because we were actually meeting up over drinks and she had to go to the bathroom. So I had time to scroll my phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's amazing, like how much time that rabbit hole can always get from us. Yeah, it's the black hole. (laughs) (laughs) So who's an ideal client
1: for you? I love working with people who have had a successful one-to-one business, whether that's in person or whether it's like, you know, one-to-one coaching online. And now they're ready to start leveraging their knowledge. They've worked with a lot of clients. They are confident in their ability to deliver results to their clients, but they're tapped out on time, you know, back to that non-renewable resource, right? And because they're tapped out on time, they're like, "Well, how else can I help more people because all of my clients have a a serious drive to help more people. They're they're all very mission driven. They're all really excited about changing the world one person at a time, but you know, they get to the point where one person at a time isn't enough and they want to help more people at a time." So Those kinds of people are typically going to be in the market to start creating courses or running group programs or digital info products, only they move into that area and realize that all the things that they used to market and build their one-to-one business are no longer working in that kind of one-to-many fashion. And the reason for that is it's a completely different beast when it comes to market. And one of my clients last year actually said it better than anyone. She was like, no, no, I already spent a decade building a great business. I shouldn't have to start over. And I get it. Like that was powerful. She's like, I shouldn't have to start over. So we mapped out a strategy where she didn't have to start, start over. We, we looked at her process of helping people one-to-one. We mapped it into an offer that would convert in a one-to-many fashion. And then we started a visibility campaign campaign a content strategy campaign that would take the information and all the work she'd done over the last handful of years and put it out there online so that she could start helping more people. They could find her info products because she was already tapped out on one-to-one uh, patients in her case. She didn't have the time to you know, build something new, to learn a whole new marketing like subset. She just wanted to take what she already had move it to the digital online space and have it work. And that requires having some visibility online. So my favorite clients are the ones who they, they know what they're about. They know what they want to do and they're good at what they do, but they're not so great at marketing it in a group fashion online. And that's where I come in.
0: So how do you get in front of those people? Like what do you do to be noticed by them?
1: Well, one of them is is living out what I say. I have a pretty robust content strategy and visibility plan of my own. You know, you mentioned in the intro my my podcast, for example. I've been doing that since 2016, and I have a pretty good pretty good following with that. Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Uh, I have a mild and not so robust presence on some other platforms like LinkedIn or Pinterest. But you know what I focus on, I focus on. I put my energy in there and I don't worry about the areas that I'm not focusing on, which is one of the strategies that I, I teach my clients. So I get in front of them in those ways. You know, I also do employ some some paid traffic strategies with like Facebook ads and whatnot to keep my visibility up to, you know, cold traffic to to newer people who haven't heard of me yet. And, you know, direct them to some of my, my good social media, things that are converting really well to some of my own info products. But my, my best way of getting in front of new people is living what I preach and showing them, Hey, if I can do it, so can you.
0: Which is key, especially with the no like and trust factor, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, who wants to hire someone who's never actually done what they say that they can do for you? So what
0: are one to two goals that you have that you'd like to achieve over the next year?
1: You know, I launched this past fall, something called the content lab mastermind. And this is, this is me just being honest with you guys. I have no problem saying it, it didn't go the way I was hoping it's a very high end monthly price. So a lot of memberships are, are under a hundred. And oftentimes people will say anything over a hundred is really hard to market. And I lived that I proved it out. It is hard to market a a monthly price that's more than a hundred dollars. So uh, I am relaunching it as a a group program in the next few months because the people who are in it and are taking uh, advice from it, they are doing so well. And it honestly, it's like one of my favorite things to do is is help people get their content working well for them. Help it help them get their content so that it's earning its keep, like I said earlier. And that that program is is one of my favorite ways. So I'm going to relaunch it as a a group program like as an actual mastermind and not as a membership in the next few months so that's that's probably my first goal and um you know i think my second goal is is actually just kind of more of the same what i said earlier living what i i teach my clients i only work about 20 hours a week i have a couple kidlets and i like to be involved in in their upbringing by choice uh, but i also really like working i really like um helping people like i said and when, when my second son was born, I had kind of stepped back from my business. I was honestly not sure if I was going to even continue it. I really wanted to be a bigger part of raising my children than I had prior to that. And after he turned a year old, I was like, no, nope, I, I need to work. Like, I need this for me. I need this to feel good about myself. I need to be able to help people in an intellectual way. So my, my second big goal over the next couple of years is really – streamlining everything i do keeping you know the offers i currently have that are high touch one on one or or you know at least high access to me keeping those at that same level but reducing my overall work time doing some of my other stuff so anything i teach my clients you know obviously they'll benefit from that same thing because if you know the average person is spending 5 hours a week doing their visibility and content strategy and i can teach someone how to do it in one or two because I've done it myself. I want to be able to make that information as accessible as possible. And, and, and one of the ways, again, is just living out what I'm, what I'm teaching. So I wanna be able to streamline what I'm doing even more than what it already is. So you know, maybe that hour a week becomes only a half hour a week um, or, or maybe it can't become a half hour a week and I live that out and prove that too.
0: Which I think a lot of business owners would appreciate too, rather than spending so much time on their visibility.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, one of the things I love about visibility is is once you find something that's working, you can start recycling it. And now that doesn't mean literally going back three months and just copying your social media calendar and, and pasting it. It's not quite that simple, um, but it's close. You know, like if you have a program that you launch every quarter or three times a year and- You know which content did well in promoting that program from three months ago and which content did not do well promoting that program from three months ago. Now, you know, some of this does require having some measurement tools in place. But if you've done that and you've already done the work, why should you have to reinvent the wheel? It's silly. Like there's no need for it. So, you know, maybe you retool some of those things that didn't work so well, or maybe you just scrap the ones that didn't do so well and you only use the ones that did go very well for you. But if you have a you know a 4 week content lead up time to a launch with content specifically for a certain program and you know let's say 3 out of the 4 weeks and not really 3 out of the 4 weeks but 3 out of 4 posts converted really well you still have 3 quarters of your work done for you on your next launch right? So when you do that you have all the ability to just be there and not have to recreate the wheel every time. So one of one of the benefits of having good visibility is that you can go back and reuse some of it so that you're not spending so much time. I think where everyone gets in trouble is they do spend a lot of time creating and they're not actually going back and looking and measuring at which stuff did do well. So they feel like they have to create more and create more. and And that's just a recipe for burnout. And a lot of people find themselves in that spot.
0: Do you have any roadblocks that are holding you back from your goals?
1: Ooh, roadblock. Well, I already told you guys I had a a not so successful launch a few months ago. And, you know, the ego, the ego hurt off of that's not always fun to deal with. But I think the learning lesson there for me was, hey, I tried to do something that all the experts said was going to be difficult. And I learned it was difficult. So, (laughs) So, you know, maybe sometimes uh, my own roadblock is myself being like, no, 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 I can do it better. I will definitely say that, uh, that, you know, I tend to have to learn things the hard way myself. So that's, that's something, but don't tell you no. (laughs) Yeah. Right. right?
0: I'm going to prove it otherwise.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a challenger. So I like to try and challenge the status quo sometimes and it doesn't always work out so well for me. So So yeah. When you said that your launch didn't
0: go very well, so did it not go very well based on your expectations or based on kind of like the industry standard stuff?
1: You know, I was hoping for a certain number of people in the program, just, you know, if you're going to do a lower end offer, uh, I charge 250 a month for it currently until I, you know, relaunch it as a group mastermind. But, um, you know, at charging that amount, I needed a certain number of people for it to make it worthwhile financially long-term for myself. And I only hit about half of what I, what I really needed to make it work. So that was kind of a bummer. I won't lie. In terms of industry standards, um, I actually exceeded industry standards in like my Facebook ads, in my conversions, all of that. I just didn't get enough eyes on the the problem so you know that that tells me two things from a content strategy point of view one maybe I was not addressing the real pain point you know people say that creating content or or learning how to create content that that works is is one of their struggles but maybe that's not actually the struggle maybe the struggle is that they don't want to do it at all so me talking about a a program that, um, helps them with that isn't something that's desirable for them. So yeah, maybe that's one of the issues. I suspect that the price was actually just the issue. It's, it's hard for people to commit to a, um, open door membership at that, that price point people, as it turns out, which is what the experts say, they like having an, a start and end date container for higher investment things. So, uh, that's kind of where I am going in the future. You know, I, am having a start and end date. I'll run it as like a three group or three month group program and I'll run it at a rate that is financially worth it to, to me and that way I can continue working with the people who are already doing it monthly and if people want to continue and find the value after they've gone through the group mastermind, they can choose to do so too. Yeah
0: So in essence, it wasn't that your launch was a failure. it was just you didn't meet your personal expectations.
1: Yeah, technically the launch was a success. People bought, I made money, I've helped people. I mean, that's the goal, right? (laughs) But um but yeah, my my own personal standards were not met, is is probably what I should have said.
0: (laughs) With all the success that you've seen thus far, do you what would you say is your biggest challenge right now?
1: You know what? Um I geek out over things. Like I get really excited about certain things and sometimes I spend a little bit too much time on them. I also have very exacting visual standards, you know, former photographer, graphic designer here speaking. So I've got really high standards in that arena and I can sometimes be um, a little judgmental about my own stuff. And I wouldn't say that I'm a perfectionist per se because the good enough thing is um, something I logically am totally okay with approaching. I just sometimes get into that like, excitable geek out mode. And I, you know, I just don't move as fast as I should, especially with having told you guys, I only work uh, 20 hours a week. I don't have as much, you know, um, extra time as other people might have. I, I have some, some really great friends who are in the same industry and they're single. They don't have children. They don't have a partner and they can totally spend 60 hours a week on their business because it's fun for them. Just like it's fun for me, but they don't have as many things pulling them in other directions. So I have to be really careful with my time. And I, I do often feel like my biggest challenge is remembering that I have to be careful with my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck on um, scheduling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best advice that you've ever received? Oh, okay. This one's good. I just realized this like a week ago too. So I used to take business advice from someone who I've recently realized was maybe not the best person for me to take business advice from just very different mindsets and very different, um, value sets, not a bad person, just not the right one for me. Right. But one of the things that person did say that actually really resonated both at the time and has stayed with me in a good way is to stop saying, I already know that. Mm. And for me, Again, being the challenger, like you know, and you know, I can use like my last launch, right? You know, people, people said it was going to be really hard to to launch a membership at that price, and I was like, I already know that. I'm going to do it anyway. So that's example one of me, you know, saying I already know that. I don't care. But the other, the other side of that is, you know, if you know you're struggling with a problem and someone gives you advice, and you're like, oh, I already know that, and you. Just dismiss it, not, not as in like an I don't care, but like I've already learned that. And, and the reality is, if somebody's giving you advice around a certain subject, it's because you have a problem. And if you already know that, either you didn't really hear the advice and internalize it and then actually apply it, thus, you still have that problem, <laughs> or you're not getting that there's a reason that that person is telling you that. And I'm not talking about like well-meaning friends who don't really know what they're talking about. I'm talking about, you know, when you're in like a real conversation or a real coaching session or, you know, a real like, you know, personal situation, like a health crisis or a relationship crisis or, you know, any of that stuff. If someone's telling you something and your first reaction is, I already know that maybe, maybe you don't already know that. And I think for me, once I actually understood that whole concept, I caught myself saying not always out loud but internally oh I already know that and I've really had to kind of just take myself to task with that and and be like no if I'm if that's my reaction I need to look at this is it that I really do know that and I think I figured out a better way is it that I really do know that and I don't want to know that because I don't like it because it's you know getting my hackles raised or 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 is it that I think I know it and I don't actually know it and that That has helped me a lot over the last few years.
0: It almost seems too like having that reaction or that answer is kind of um no, I can't think of the words, but it, like puts your guard up and makes you defensive
1: yeah, yeah it I, yeah, I think I used like getting your hackles up. I couldn't remember the word defensive when I was saying that, so you <laughs> so you got that word, but um um yeah, you know I think I think it's it's really easy to view well like good advice you know good instruction as criticism and if you're saying i already know that it's like it's like your deflection right you're you're like oh i already know that you don't need to criticize me in this area um but i think often when people do say things like there's a reason so it's not fun being in that position where someone's pointing out that you're not doing something the right way or as good as you could be right so yeah it can be very defensive what's the best advice you've ever given oh I, you know, I have to think about that for a second. Um, I think the best advice I've ever given, in a business sense, are we asking business, right? <laughs> um, yeah, do, I know, right? It's a, we do man, mama, you got me here. <laughs> you totally got me on this one. Uh, I think the best advice I've ever given is to look two or three steps beyond what you're currently deciding on. And I I tell this to my clients a lot of times with their content pieces in particular, that okay you want to put this content out for this week, what would be step two or three down the road after someone reads this, this piece of content? Like, is this a, a loop that you want to open? Is this something that you want to flush out deeper in the future? And if it's not, it's probably not the right kind of content for you to be putting out there right now. Yeah. It kind of goes along with like, they just posting just for the sake of posting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I always use the turmeric thing for this example because it was it was, it was the post I like scrolled past one day. Cause it was from someone I knew someone I actually really liked, like, but no in person. And I was like, Oh man, why are you doing that? Like, and it was like, click. It was that moment, right. Where I realized, Oh, that's why this content, like, that's why she's having trouble with her content performing. That's why this isn't working. And it's because I had, you know, that reaction. I was like, well, if I wanted to know about turmeric, I'd go and Google it. Like, you're not telling me anything I can't find out on my own. And, um, I use turmeric as that example. It's like my mean example because all the health people love turmeric. But I also think um, it's, it's, it's just a thing, right? But I also think that, um, you know, if, if you're not willing to build out a whole program around reducing inflammation or you're not willing to like design a whole, you know, supplement a health regimen for someone, don't post just the tiniest tidbit about it just to fill your space. Yeah. Everything you do should, should lead back to something. Everything you post should lead back to something that you already do or you're planning to do in the, in the near future. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Is there anything that
0: you'd like to share that I haven't asked you yet?
1: No, I think we've actually covered everything. If, if people do need help with their content, I have, like I said, the content lab mastermind will be available soon and the membership's already available um, but I also have like, you know, lower entry fee digital products, teaching people how to do content in a way that actually makes sense. And because I am pressed for time all the time, <laughs> I made it like super low impact in terms of time. Like they're short, short videos, like 10 minute videos. And you can find all of that uh, on my website. It's called the show up system, uh, but you can find all that on my website at brittanygardner.com And if people do need help with content, I've already told you guys, I love talking about it. I love teaching on it. And I love making people get their time back with some of these tools. Awesome.
0: So what was your, where can I find you again?
1: Yeah. Brittanygardner.com. So it's B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. Cause my parents thought they were being so creative with spelling. Thanks mom and dad. Brittanygardner.com or my Instagram is I am Brittany Gardner. And I'm, like I said, pretty robust there. And, uh, if you want more information on this kind of stuff, my podcast, the no like and trust show is always a great place. I promise you the episodes are very rarely over a half hour. They're usually closer to 20 minutes and you can find me there. Great. Well,
0: thank you, Brittany, for joining us today.
1: You are so welcome. I really appreciate you, uh, having me and, uh, and letting me, well, geek out with you a little bit.
0: (laughs) Of course it was fun. We'll catch you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.